0: We have a very special topic and a very special guest today. What is, after all, a Christian worldview of politics? Does a Christian worldview require us to be aligned with one political party or another? Our guest today describes himself as a recovering criminal defense attorney for 20 years in the city of Philadelphia and is currently serving as a professor of philosophy at the Christian University, Walla Walla University, Tim Golden. It's a delight to have you on Freedom's Ring today. Alan,
1: thank you so much for having me, and I am as delighted to be here as you are to have me, if not more, so thank you. Well, not really
0: sure where to begin this conversation. We're going to do a series of these. I'm hoping to get some others on the same topic, but you know, what do you think of when you think of this topic, a Christian worldview of politics? How does the Bible and our Christian worldview, how should it inform our politics?
1: Well, that's a great question, Alan. I think that what we tend to do is in our contemporary language, when we hear the word politics, we tend to reduce that to Democrat and Republican, conservative and progressive or liberal. And we pigeonhole one another and our various ideas based on how well they fit into this very narrow understanding of what politics is. I think that if we step back for a moment from the traditional designations of progressive and conservative and Democrat versus Republican, what we can start to see in a much broader view of politics is that politics is not only part of a Christian worldview, but an integral part of that worldview. So, for example, politics comes from the Greek word polis, which means city. And the city is typically, or government, is typically a social arrangement of people who live under some sort of an authority. And if we conceive of politics or the political In this much broader sense, then I think when we return to the scriptures and look at the Judeo Christian tradition broadly from Genesis to Revelation, it's easy to see that in the broad sense of this term, religion and Judeo Christianity has always been political because from Genesis to Revelation, you have groups of people who abide in social arrangements under an established authority, whether that's Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, or whether it's people organized under a king, or whether it's Pharaoh being in control of the Hebrew slaves in Exodus, or whether it's the kingdom of God being ushered in as a new order in the book of Revelation there is always, and it seems there will always be, people arranged under some sort of an authority socially. And if this is what we mean by politics, then I think the intersection of Christianity and politics becomes terribly important and something that we should pay close attention to. When you talk about
0: the origins of the word in the Greek and the word city, my mind immediately took me to Jeremiah's counsel to the exiles, the Jewish exiles in Babylon, where he counsels them. The word of the Lord is for them to seek the peace of the city where they're in exile. They're immigrants, they're strangers and against their will at that. And yet they're to seek the good and the peace of their society. Uh, for the Lord says in the city's peace, you will find peace. And I think that seems to me to be a really good sort of introduction to, well, how do we relate to the larger political endeavor? And I think, you know, one thing I want you to speak to is there's an overwhelming cynicism among many, either that politics is so inherently corrupt that Christians should stay away from it, or simply that it's so corrupt that there is really no way that,
1: um, that we can make a dent so how would you speak to that? Well, I think it's important to distinguish between the prophetic and the political. You, you invoked an example of Jeremiah in your remarks just a second ago, and I think that's a good place to start because all of the prophets in the Judeo-Christian tradition, major and minor, speak to the problem of justice in the city. They speak to the problem of justice or injustice in social arrangements. And the goal of providing just social arrangements ought to be front and center for the authority that we would call the city or the state or whatever that governing authority may be. So I think it's one thing to say that Christians should not be involved in politics It's another thing to say that Christians should not stand up for justice. And I think that's a distinction that has to be carefully made. If what you want to say is that if one wants to argue is the chicanery, machinations, skullduggery, uh, things like opposition research or some sort of uh, bribe or kickback, toward a public official is so corrupt that that Christians shouldn't be involved in that. I absolutely would agree with that assessment. Christians should not be involved in any sort of underhanded trickery or or dealings uh, in political life. But where I would draw the line is to say that it's unreasonable to suggest that because politics is corrupt in that sense, That Christians should not speak out against injustice or unjust social arrangements or situations in which the state appears to be engaging in an active agenda of oppression toward one group of people or another. There, I think it's the Christian's moral obligation to be involved as a member of the city in such sort of interventions. So, listening to you talk about
0: justice, you know, I'm thinking about the difference between kind of special issue politics and these sort of deeper overarching principles, because we're talking about a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. Now, Christians today, there are a number of sort of special issues, right? So there's the pro-life anti-abortion issue, or there's, you know, the cultural shift in recognition and expansion of, of LGBTQ rights and its impact on society, on the church, even, you know, economic issues like free market and freedom issues. But these are all sort of an extension, perhaps. They're not sort of the basic overarching principles. Mm -hmm. Perhaps one of those overarching principles, Christians would say, is, you know, respect for human life, right? Which is where the pro-life movement comes out of. What are, I think that's our task is really, rather than look at the application. To parties or to issues or to policies, but to explore what are those sort of broader, larger philosophical parts of a worldview, of a Christian worldview, should then inform us when we start to examine and get into the weeds of the specific issues.
1: Yeah, I think the distinction that you made between special interests and broader concerns of justice is important. Because there are times when one can question the legitimacy or the sincerity of certain special interests, right? Like the pro-life movement, and I don't want to disparage any of your pro-life listeners, but I do want to suggest that if you are pro-life in the broadest sense, that you would also be vehemently opposed to the killing of unarmed black citizens by police officers, right? (laughs) That this too would be a problem, right? That George Floyd's life matters just as much as the life of the unborn fetus that causes some pro-life protesters to stand in front of abortion clinics. And so I think that there's a little bit of, I think there's a little bit of dishonesty. So perhaps some moral and intellectual dishonesty in the way that we choose to be involved in politics. And this, this leads to a deeper problem of getting involved in politics when it only affects us or issues that we like to be involved in. The matters of the city or the polis affect everyone. In fact, I said in an interview last week, and I think you got a chuckle out of this, Alan, that you may not be interested in politics, but politics will always be interested in you, right? And so whether or not we like the issues, the fact of the matter is that many of the issues that we experience do affect us all. And when we get into the business of picking and choosing what causes to support, we end up, I think, a lot worse off. Not only in terms of politics, in the broad sense of in terms of seeking justice in the city, but I think we end up sort of segregating our moral conscience and it becomes a sort of ethical egoism where I'm only going to speak up when things affect me or things that I like or things that I'm interested in. And that becomes a real problem. Exploring this moral aspect, I think, is so critical.
0: And, you know, in fairness, look, we're, we're fallen human beings, so we're inconsistent in, in how we approach things. So, you know, we like to throw around the word hypocrisy if someone, say, is, is pro life and con- being concerned about the unborn, but maybe not in another area. You know, it's certainly easy to find criticisms like that. You know, we're all susceptible. One of the takeaways that I got from what you were saying, Tim, is the importance of if we're Christians. Jesus doesn't just care about me. He didn't just die for me and people who are like me. He gave his life to save everyone. And so if we're going to have a Christian worldview, then our respect for human dignity, for human life, for life, for justice has to be inclusive. It can't be tribal. And that's the circumstance I think America is really suffering from the sin of tribalism right now and how divided we
1: are. Yeah, we don't want to be involved in politics. I always love the statement that I hear sometimes from church members in my denomination, Alan, who, as you know, have a keen interest in public policy as it relates to religious accommodations in the workplace, which itself is a political public policy endeavor, right? Sure. Our church has an entire department that and an infrastructure that is political insofar as it has a robust engagement. I'm exhibit A. There you go. We have a robust engagement with legislative and judicial power in the United States that advocates for people. So it's wrong to say, this is a statement that I really get a kick out of when I hear it. In one breath we'll say, I don't think Christians should be involved in politics. And then in another breath we'll say, Pastor, do you have my Sabbath accommodation letter? <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> if you don't think Christians should be involved in politics, now again, you know there's an equivocation with I that I got to leave
0: you with that, Tim, because we're out of time. Okay. Our topic today has been a Christian worldview of politics, a discussion that we will continue with others. As we close, remember here at Freedom Spring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's www.churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. And be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station. Are on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Ryan. Until next week, keep freedom ringing.